I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all that bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Vroom, vroom, everyone. This is the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we discuss movies released prior to 2010 to let you know if they still hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And today we're going back to 2001 to discuss The Fast and The Furious. Got to make sure we make that distinction, because we're not talking about the fourth movie in that franchise. We're talking about the first. I actually made this mistake when Googling this movie. <laughs> I have no doubt. Many people did. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen done in movies. Why have two movies named pretty much the same thing? Especially when most people will get rid of the at the beginning of a movie. Right. Like, if you're talking about a movie real quick, you're just like, oh, have you ever seen Fast and the Furious? People are going to be like, uh-huh, which one? <laughs> and it's like, uh, both, I guess. I don't. It just doesn't really make any sense. I, I Blown away. When they made the fourth movie and it was called Fast and Furious. And I was like, okay. Really? <laughs> We're going to go there. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this saga, this franchise, this everything. Um, I've seen every movie um, I know they are coming out with Fast 10, I think it's scheduled for either late next year or 2024, early 2024, somewhere in that time frame. You're telling me the series hasn't died yet? No. Uh, 10 movies. That's amazing. I think they're doing a two-part finale, so it's going to be 11 movies, but the 10th one is, te- it's technically only 10, but the last story is so big that they're cutting it up into two parts. Oof. It's fine. Um, I mean, they make a ton of money. They're, they hit a billion dollars every movie so i mean even the mcu doesn't do that yeah so you know it is it is what it is this was a movie i never personally like tried to watch simply because i've seen clips of like the the next couple in the series and how just ridiculous the action gets and i was just like i i want no part of that and i was uh pleasantly surprised with this one yeah, it's the franchise as a whole isn't really as bad as you would think it is. It just gets into the world of unbelievable. It's like Ripley's Believe It or Not. I feel like those these movies are going to make that list at some point. Like, <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not, they made 11 of these sons of bitches. Like, I just don't. It's fine. It's it's a fine franchise. When they start bending the laws of physics, it, it gets mean, to be a bit much. What are you going to do? you got to play loose and fast in the world of car racing (laughs) all right so let's get started here um this movie stars vin diesel this is like what made him a household well not really pitch black did pitch black come out before or after this movie who knows i didn't bother to look it up because i don't really care about vin diesel but this was one of those movies that kind of put him into the forefront made him a household name it's literally the only movies you can see him in now or follow-ups to this because every movie he does outside of this franchise just bombs miserably (laughs) like bloodshot from 2018 was a miserable 2019 was a miserable mess um the last witch hunter terrible what else i know he did the chronicles of riddick but that was based off pitch black which is another really good vin diesel movie 
but the Chronicles of Riddick and even Riddick, they didn't do very well. This man can't do anything outside this franchise. It's why he has a stranglehold on this franchise. It's why actors come and go because they don't get along with him and he's become one of the producers and that's why you get The Rock fired because he had too many lines and too many people liked him. Yeah. So they fought and he booted him out. But this was his first starring role and I thought he was fine in it. He does. He, he's better than you expect him to be. I actually really appreciated his performance in this and I've seen him in really dumb movies like uh wasn't he in the pacifier yeah yeah so that that was like more my knowledge of him going into this movie so to see him have especially like some heartfelt scenes where you get to really like see him be a little more vulnerable see him be a little where bit he more attempts real. to emote yeah yeah but like for me it kind of worked that he was trying to emote mostly because it was like Trying to see a strong guy be vulnerable, but not actually be vulnerable. So I appreciated his performance. Yeah, I mean, it's... When you see the stuff he's he's done since this movie, it makes this movie look like he should have won an Oscar. Like, <laughs> wow. that's... I mean, he's, he's by far... This is probably one of his best movies performance-wise. But everything he did, you know, a lot of these actors, when they get older, when they get more famous, they kind of phone it in. It's why I have such respect for people like a Johnny Depp, a Brad Pitt, a Tom Hanks, a, you know, whether I like them or not doesn't matter. It's they still, after all these years, go out and crush it and give their all and everything. Yeah. And then you get people like Robert Downey Jr. and Vin Diesel and all these guys who just kind of coast. They're just like, oh, I'm famous. I can just do whatever I want. You'll see my movie. But when you're early on, you got to try. And here he tried. Yeah. Then you get, uh, he plays Dominic Toretto, our main car racing lead guy. Then we have Brian O'Connell, played by Paul Walker, the late, great Paul Walker. Yeah. What do you think? I thought he was a little understated, but, like, I didn't get that he was a member of the, the force, the police force, right away. So, like, I was very confused about his character until we got that aspect of him and then a lot more made sense so it's one of those things where it's like i should have caught some things early on that you couldn't I didn't. figure out why he was doing things that he was doing exactly until it was so revealed. it felt very ungenuine disingenuous um but once i got that aspect his his performance was a lot better for me yeah i think this was a great performance for him he, like you said, he's very understated in this, but I'm pretty sure that's by design. Yeah. He wants to be noth- nobody. He wants to blend in the background so that he can kind of get within earshot of people without them noticing and listen and kind of see what's going on. And I think that's something so subtle that he does that makes the performance better. Yeah. You know, um, he would go on to be a lot better in a lot of other things, especially this franchise. It's like as Vin Diesel got worse... Paul Walker got better. Was this one of his earlier films? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was making some movies like Varsity Blues and The Skulls in the late 90s. And then this came in 2001. And, like, some movie fans kind of knew who he was from, like, Varsity Blues. But he got outshined by James Vanderbeek, who was the star of Varsity Blues. And then in The Skulls, he was with... Oh, God, what is that guy's name? <laughs> I don't know. Some, yeah, some he was one. he was on Dawson's Creek too. The other the yeah. other kid from Dawson's Creek. He was a big star, so he got Paul Walker got overshadowed in that movie. And then this movie came out, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, 
Paul Walker's a star. Oh my god. <laughs> and like it really set people to know like this kid's got something. You know, he could really be a player in this industry. It's just sad that he got bogged down with this friend. I mean, it made him a household name. It made him a millionaire. It took care of his family for the rest of their lives. Like he did what he had to do. It's just sad because he probably he he to me feels very much like a Heath Ledger-esque kind of thing where it's like he gets tied down to these roles. He gets kind of like looped into something. But I feel like if you would have just gave him a chance, he would have showed what he could do. And he probably would have blown the doors off of stuff. I was going to say, if he had more time, he might have been able to break away from He could have had that Joker defining moment if somebody would have just gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a, This is a big cast. So then we have Letty. Uh, who is played by Michelle Rodriguez, Dom's love interest and fellow racer. What do you think? I appreciated that they went for a stronger female role. Like, she had him, like, wrapped around her finger. But it was also very bland of a performance. I, and that, that just might be me, where, like, I saw her as this one-dimensional, like, I'm I'm the love interest. I have I'm interesting by my character's definition, but her performance in it was not great. Yeah, I I don't know much of what she did before this movie. I didn't bother to look because she just doesn't interest me. Yeah, uh, I don't think she's a great actress in anything I've ever seen her in, and I think this was the start of she just got lucky. She got lucky to be in this movie which made her a household name and guys are like oh my god a sexy car girl first of all she i first fun fact of the episode michelle rodriguez who plays letty and somebody we haven't talked about yet jordana brewster who plays mia neither one of them had a driver's license or even a learner's permit prior to this movie how old were they 20s but, you know, you're in oh, L.A. and stuff fair. like that. You don't need to drive all that much. So, she just got lucky. The fact that she landed this role made her a household name. Especially going into, you know, she wasn't in two. She wasn't in three. She was in four and five and moving forward. Because they had to bring her back. But, in the meantime, she didn't do anything. Sure, she was in Resident Evil and a few other little things, but... Never, like, the star of anything. She's not that good, and I feel like this is, a, like you said, a very bland performance. It's very much a, oh, okay, yeah, you exist, and you served the purpose, but you didn't elevate it. I mean, same thing that she had with in her role in Avatar. If you guys, if you guys hear any squeaking happening in the background, that's just our dog. Our <laughs> dog has found her squeaker toy, and unfortunately, when we are recording, she loves coming over to play because she just doesn't understand that it's work time. Every time. So it, apologies for the squeaks in the background. It's just our lovable idiot playing with her toys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. You were talking. I said she was bland. She didn't elevate the role. Yeah, Tell, she. You know, she she was in uh, Avatar, right? Yeah, she was in Avatar. Um, I thought I, I enjoyed her in that just simply because she was, like, that tough girl. That's but, all she plays, though. But she was bland in that, too, looking back on it. She plays that one note, like, I'm just a tough girl. She Yeah, she does. It's, it's all tough girl all the time. Nothing else. And it served its purpose in this movie. That's, that's the best compliment I can give her. She served her purpose. Yeah. Then we have... 
as mentioned, Jordana Brewster, who plays Mia, Dom's sister, and Brian's love interest. I think she was good. She was fine. Like, once again, I she served her purpose. I think she was... I think she did... I think she was better than just served, your pur- she, served her purpose. She was much better than the... Um, Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say Rodriguez. Yep, that's fine. Everybody would have known. <laughs> um, she was much better than that, but... She also seemed a little, like, uh, bland. Yeah, you had mentioned something like that prior to us sitting down to record, but I think she was multi-layered. I think she brought a lot to that role. She could have just been, I'm a love interest. I'll just react when the guys do anything. But she takes an active role in the story. She wants to be a part of things. She wants to get involved. She doesn't wait for people to come to her she goes to them, and I think Jordana Brewster, for not really being in a lot of things outside of this franchise, I think she brings a lot to the table, and I think she's a good mix, and, you know, because Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's character is such a tomboy, such a such a tough girl. Yeah. That she brings that little bit of that femininity, the, you know, that real, more girly girl type thing without going too far. Without her playing it up as in, like, <laughs> I'm so cute, I'm a girl. Yeah. You know, she finds that balance really well, and I really I enjoyed her performance quite a bit. All right, next up we are talking about the character Jesse, the computer whiz, the guy who builds all the cars and designs them and everything like that. Chade, Chade? Played by Chad Lindbergh. What do you think? I... This is another one of those instances where the end of the movie informs the beginning of the movie. Because at the beginning, I thought he Which was Which is the just, best thing. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, I kind of wrote him off as, like, the lovable, like, I don't know why I want to say loser of the group, but not... I mean, that's fair. Yeah. He, he seems a little bit of the odd man out because he's, he's like, a little guy who's more about oh yeah he's brain. like half the size of literally every other guy in this movie yeah he's short he's thin but he's super smart these other dudes are all like gearheads they're all just like let me get dirty with a wrench and he's like hold on let me get on the computer and actually figure out all the specifics first then you can get dirty <laughs> i think it's great oh yeah and i think he played it great like his performance was wonderful seeing him in character. something else doing anything but just and this is going to sound really bad on my part but like if i saw chad Lindbergh in another movie which i probably have and probably haven't even noticed it (laughs) but i would be like what's jesse doing in this movie why is jesse in this movie is he gonna build a car here until he comes up and gives an amazing performance the next time probably why you don't know him from anything else is because he probably gave up jesse yes and got someone else. And got someone else, which goes to show how good he was in this, though, that to this day, you can talk to any Fast and Furious fan who's who's watched all the movies, yeah. one and so on, they all remember Jesse. If you're like, hey, Leon, people are going to be like, who the hell is Leon? You're going to be like, hey, Vince. And they're going to be like, oh, Vince was like, he was like that meathead from the first one, and I, I think he came back for a second movie. I don't know. But if you go, hey, do you guys remember Jesse from the Fast and Furious movies? They're going to be like, oh my god, yeah. Oh, we miss Jesse. I wish Jesse could have been in more movies. We love Jesse. Like, the fans remember Jesse, and that's all Chad Lindbergh. Because it's a boring character on page. 
Oh, yeah. It's, hey, sit at computers and be, be smart. Have ADD, but, like, be really smart at the same time. Yeah. He, he had it's a boring. lot more emotional nuance to him than, like, 99% of the rest of the cast. So, so that made him unique. It's just, with a cast this big, he was easily lost in the shuffle just being, being like, I... I think you're just going to be some side character. I'm not expecting you to be almost the emotional crux of this movie. So bad on my part for almost like writing him off at the beginning, but he came through in the end. And now like looking back on it, I can really see that his performance was way above and beyond what it almost needed to be for this kind of action movie. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he was great. And I just, I pulled up his IMDb real quick because I just had to look like, have <laughs> I seen him in other things? He was like in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was in on episodes of NCIS, Sneaky Pete. He was, uh, he's on that, or at least in one episode of the show Pen15, which is like a huge show. So he did I think a lot of like, TV. He did That's a lot I mean. of TV after this, but that was all like the stuff recently Going back farther, I'm sure, like, I could probably find a ton of stuff. He was on the show Castle. He was on the show Weed. So, yeah, tons of TV. A lot of shows I've seen, and I don't remember him in any of them. Right, because he's only in, like, one episode out of however many. But even so, like, he probably just did such a good job. You were like, oh, okay. Yeah. If you pointed him out, you'd be like, oh, I love that character. Didn't know it was him. I've done that so many times with characters with actors oh i'm but sure. only good actors i will say exactly and he was a good actor i think he played this part really well he had a lot to do a lot to live up to mm-hmm. in the midst of all these muscle heads and he sh- he shone through next up is vince played by matt schulz um he was mia's i don't want to say mia's love interest he was obsessed with mia dom's sister and him and dom had gone years back and basically since he they were was, kids apparently Basically, he was just, I like meat. I strong man. Mia, go out with me. I know like Brian. See, and this is what got me too, is because I invested so much more time and like energy into this character because I thought it was going to be some big blowout between him and Brian yep. because of how they built it up. So I was focusing on him when I should have been focusing on Jesse. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Um, and Matt Schultz plays the part really well. I think the part was nothing. It oh. was written to be nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. But, like, he puts this weird Neanderthal feel to this character, but somehow it humanizes him even more than it probably should. Yeah. Because maybe you've been there, maybe you've seen people be there, but I- I've known uh, somebody like that, not the car stuff, the big muscle head, but like the pining for the girl that wants nothing to do with you. And like, he's not mean to her. He doesn't objectify her. He's not pining for her in the way of like, I want you to be my woman. He's pining for her in the way of like, he would probably treat her so good. Oh yeah. Oh, he would probably make her a queen, but she's just not interested. And he respects that too. Like He'll throw out, like, hey, we should go on a date. And if she says no, he doesn't push. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. I'm, that's awesome. He's like, I'm going to try again in two months. But I got you. I respect you. Mm. Like, he tries as good as he can with this role. But the role is just so lackluster. And it could have been a more almost important role because Brian is basically taking his place. 
in mm-hmm. in this group. He he's getting the girl. But that's that's his fault. That's and Vince's fault. He chooses to leave the group because he doesn't like Brian. There's room for all of them. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the but, little bit of nuance comes in in yeah. this character. But it's beyond that with the whole the whole hating Brian thing. Why I thought it was going to be something more was because it seems like Brian's becoming the number two now for some reason. Like this golden boy is suddenly coming in and taking everything that this guy thinks is his. So I expected him to be so much more, and I was so disappointed by the end. Yeah, no doubt. Um, But Matt Schultz, I think, did what he could with the role. Oh, yeah. It probably... Once again, he had me invested. Exactly. I was invested in this character that was a nothingness of a character. Yeah, he did his job. That's it. That's all you can ask for. He probably should have had a bigger role. I think he was pretty good in this, but what are you going to do? He he made the most of what he had. Yep, every time he was on screen, you watched him, yeah. and that's all that matters. Uh, next up, we're going to get into two people, the last two people on the list um, of characters I felt like talking about. Uh, the first one being Leon, who was just the other guy. And when I say that, if you guys remember the movie... There was the whole family, and Leon was one of them. Just the guy. Sometimes he said words. Most of the time, he just existed. You said his name, and I just had to be like, who? Yeah, I don't... They might say his name once in the entire movie, but I think throughout the entire hour, 45 minutes, he says, like, three lines of dialogue. He, He is the epitome of... We just needed another person. To be fair, put him there. once again, this is such a, a large cast that you were trying to keep track of. I didn't know, like, anyone's name. Which yeah, is but, so sad, because I'm sure they said it a whole bunch. But I'm terrible at names, and so for there to be this many people, I could not have told you any of their names. That's fair. That's completely fair. Um, but he literally just, he didn't do anything in the movie. He was just there. So, like, he's a pretty boy, he was there... When he had lines, they were fine. Yeah. They didn't blow me away. It's one of those things where if you don't have anything to work with, it's really hard to yeah. be memorable. The best actors have a hard time when the there's nothing written. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final one I want to talk about is uh, Tran, the bad guy. the One of the bad guys. Um, the Asian guy who's just hates Dom because Dom owes him money or something. Sure. I don't know. They have a backstory. Not important. But he's played by Rick Yoon. And I thought he gave a pretty good performance. He was really menacing. That's but like that's exactly the word I was going to use for him. Yeah, he's really menacing, but at the same time I feel like the way he played this character, he was he was mean. He can get your face and scare the crap out of you. But he probably could have turned around and been the dude you take home to your mom. He had that weird line in that character where it was like I'm gonna kill you what's for dinner <laughs> you know? well especially when you see him when he gets arrested at one point uh, he's with his family yeah and he looks and, so innocent yeah yeah it's just it's crazy I think that Rick did a really good job I wish he played more of a part in this movie like it seemed like he was a weird little offshoot of a side quest kind of thing and it just it yeah once again, I feel like I was putting effort into characters, characters. and uh, plot lines that just didn't actually end up mattering. I hear you. Absolutely. 
Um, so, wow, that was a really long intro to talking about the movie to get through all those people. But like you said, it was a big cast. So let's run through this movie now. So we open with Brian O'Connell testing out these, you know, the movie's all about street racing, fast cars, fast life, but then there's also some, some robberies happening. So Brian, Paul Walker plays Brian O'Connell, who's a cop, an undercover cop, who's trying to get in with these street racers because one of these street racing gangs is doing heists on the highway of big rigs carrying electronics super convoluted they had to rob trucks while they were moving because it's visually more appealing i guess because they highly impractical yeah so we don't even open with brian we actually open with the first heist yeah right we see the first heist happen and it's awesome it is an awesome set piece the way the cars go around this truck and under the truck, which is highly implausible because <laughs> trucks aren't that high up. Some are. Some trucks that have to go into certain areas of the world, they are that high up. For for reasons for weather, going over ice things, going, they have to be high up like that. Though for the cars that they were using, I don't think they'd be high enough for those cars in particular. Maybe, maybe. Because um, they're in these little Honda CRVs or something. Yeah. Little Hondas. And they rob this truck. And it's really cool. All these maneuvers, they're driving. It feels fast mm-hmm. and furious. Yeah. Right off the bat. Just right off the bat. You're in it. And it's really cool. And that's one thing this movie definitely has going for it. The action scenes are great. These action sequences are extremely innovative and just so much fun. They do so many crazy things, but in this one, they're more logical. They make sense. You're talking about all the future movies. They do crazy things. No, even this in this movie. one, okay. they're doing crazy things. I mean, realistic crazy things. That's what I was saying. Like, yeah. it, what they're doing is crazy, but not on the side of impractical. Like, I mean, they are impractical, but physically capable of being done the one thing i do love about this movie when we're talking about the franchise overall this one in particular is this feels real this is all everything they do even the crazy things they do with the cars in this movie the jumps the spins the everything it feels like it's real yeah it feels like i could go out probably not in my pickup truck because it's slow as hell (laughs) but i could probably go out in a little car and do some of this stuff it yeah. feels like it's in the real world. The rest of these movies, they're they're bouncing off tanks. They're it gets ridiculous. This is the only one that's grounded, but still creative. Oh, super creative because we've had car chases before, mm-hmm. but we've never seen it like this. Yeah. The 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 timing, the precision. It's almost like ice dancing or. What is that called? The ice skating in the Olympics. Figure skating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even think of the word. It's, I was lost. Yeah, you know, you just stared at me blank. It's fine. I Just follow me. I got this. I, I, I'm with you now. It's, it's a lot like figure skating in this movie where moves are thoughtful. They are, they are thoroughly done. They are crazy to look at because you're like, oh my God, no normal person could do that. But there are people who can do it. Mm-hmm. Just because I can't doesn't mean others can't. And that's what I love about this movie. And it's right off the bat, here we go, 
check out this cool heist. Yeah. Great. Then, after they do the heist, then we go to Brian O'Connell, who is testing out his new car, spinning it around, doing all that stuff. And we kind of jump into it pretty quick here. So, Brian works for a car dealership place. Car parts, NOS, things like that, engine parts. And he sh- he's driving that truck for the job, and he shows up at this little diner, and Mia's working. And they're flirting, and it's cute. And Dom is sitting in the background doing God knows what, but something. And then his whole gang shows up. And they all get out of their cool little cars, one by one, in that money shot of like, ooh, look how cool they are. Don't you wish they were them? Yes. Yes, I do. Until I got highly confused because one of them had the driver's side on the wrong side of the Yeah, Yeah, I, I have seen this movie, and I never noticed it until you pointed it out, that he gets out on the right side of the car. Maybe, but there were four cars, meaning he wasn't a or was no, he a passenger? He, no, he had the wheel. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't like. It's never explained. Maybe he just likes it like that, which is fine. Which I is just didn't probable. know if that's street legal. But then none again, of these they cars don't really are street care. legal. Yeah, none of these cars <laughs> are street legal. They don't care. But they all get out and they all look cool. And I was 15 when this movie came out in 2001, and you're damn right I wanted to be them. I, my friends and I were like, oh, we got to get these cars. We don't know a damn thing about cars. Like, literally, I could probably change a flat tire at that point in my life, and that was about it. But I was like, no, I gotta get this car. I gotta fix it up. I gotta do this. We were idiots. Well, yeah. But that's how big of an impact this movie had. Seeing this for the first time, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, what are those decals on this car? Oh, yeah, but 2001, that was was amazing. That was was the bomb. I was gonna say, it was part... Of a major issue I had with it of being cringy, but that's just because... Yeah, because it was it was so 2001. 2001. Yes. yes. So they get out, and Vince sees Brian flirting with me, and he gets all upset, so he goes and picks a fight. And Brian's like, all right, whatever, I'm leaving. Goes out to his truck, and here's where a big problem with the movie comes out for me right away, is as Brian is walking to his truck, Vince calls him a faggot. He's like, don't come back, faggot. Which is incredible, because I missed that entirely. Oh, it's, yeah, it's... I heard he called, he said something, but I did not catch what he said. He says it so fast, and he follows it up with another line of, like, if you come back, I'll beat your ass, or something like that. And, but it's so... Right in that moment, I go, ooh, God, this movie's dated. That one word just dates this movie so hard. And it's not the only time. There's little weird things throughout the movie where everybody's being a little too masculine mm-hmm. everybody's a little too worried about being a man's man and tough and and i'm like i can just feel the homophobia dripping off of this movie and that's a big problem i didn't catch it as much as you did mostly because i missed those quick little lines and it's also your first watch so you're more like ooh, cars what's the story what's going on yeah on a rewatch though you're gonna see it you're gonna feel it the way the guys look at each other, the way they act tough in situations or, you know, when they're at all the street races and they're just surrounded by women and it's just like, oh, God, no, <laughs> do better. I know it's 2001, but we could have done better. Yeah, it we didn't have to be that Yeah, because there's even a... I got so worried when you said that, like when you pointed it out to me, I was like, wait, what? They yep. said what? Yeah, and then there's a scene later 
where Do uh, Brian is helping Mia wash dishes, and Vince walks in, and he's like, hey, put on a dress when you're done with that. And Mia gets all angry, which is a great moment for her. But then he's like, no, I'm talking to the other one. So you can wash my, my car. car afterward. Get Oh, no, he says, wash my car, which you're done with those. And then he's like, me, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other one. And then put on a pretty dress, and I'll put you back on the street where you belong. And I'm like, that's that chauvinistic male bullshit. Mm -hmm. that infected so many movies at that time because that was what was cool. It was, look how strong and powerful and cool we are. And unfortunately, that informed a lot it of did. guys it, on how to act. You know, if you listen to our Mean Girls episode from two weeks ago, we talked about how that movie informed a lot of girls mm -hmm. around that time, and that came out in 2004. Well, slightly before that, this movie informed a lot of men or would-be men, and how they acted. So putting those two movies together within three Oof. years... No wonder really, we got that time frame. That high school dynamic was crazy. This explains a lot. Oh, so much. But moving on. <laughs> so they get into a skirmish, and Mia's yelling, like, stop, stop. She's very active in her role. And she's, like, she's screaming at Dom. She's like, you better get out there and stop this. And Dom's like, ugh. Vin Diesel grunt. <laughs> and he goes out there and he separates it. And in that moment, you immediately see the respect Dom's family and friends have for him. Because they all go, oh! It's almost like when people are, are fighting, like your siblings are fighting and here comes mom. <laughs> and you're like standing behind mom and you're like, oh yeah, oh, she's going to get you. That's what it was because nobody's moving until Dom moves. And they all follow him out, like, in single file line. And they're all like, oh, here he comes. You're so in trouble. Ooh. And then he separates him. He, he <laughs> launches Brian onto the hood of a car. He throws Vince back. And then Vince tries to come back again. And Dom just looks at him. He goes, you're embarrassing me. Knock it off. And you can see Vince turn into a little puppy dog. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he just backs down. And it's so good because that's such a major point in this movie is family and respect and we're gonna get into that and then he talks to brian and he's like what are you doing around here he's like you look like a serial killer are you a serial killer and they have this little back and forth and he's like oh you work for harry not anymore you're fired i fired you blah 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 get a nice quick setup of who everybody is in this movie i know you had a problem with like i don't know everybody's connection and everything this scene at the diner is where you get the setup you understand Dom's the leader, Letty's his girlfriend, Mia is his sister, who Vince is in love with, but Brian also has a crush on her, and the other two are the other two. I didn't catch, like, any of that. It wasn't until, like, halfway through the movie that I was, uh, that I understood that Letty was uh, Dom's oh, girlfriend. Oh, you didn't get it from the way she was like, Dom, you want a drink? And he kind of shows a drink, and she just rolls her eyes like, all right, screw you too. Literally, not at all. Oh. And I honestly thought that Mia was his daughter like i don't i was so confused they're all supposed and to be in their this, 20s and maybe this is because i only really knew vince Di vince vin, vin diesel after you know when he was a, a bit older so i kind of like always picture him at that age a bit so. older he was 30 something years old in this movie well, yeah but like i mean he's older. like 50 now that's what i mean so yeah. in my head i'm like kind of seeing him as that age so i was thoroughly confused through like 
majority of this movie as to what everyone's relationship was and their ages. Because I wouldn't have put Vin Diesel on the same age level as Vince. Mostly because, like, well, maturity they, level I don't and think everything. they were exactly supposed to be, like, the same age. I think they were supposed to be within years of each other. Where it was, like, Dom definitely could have been the oldest by a good, like, two or three years. And then everybody else just looked up to him. They went to school together. They followed him. You know, that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. So I could understand why it's, like, he plays it a little older. But I don't know if he's supposed to be older or if it's just that respect thing. Respect makes yeah. you feel older. When everybody follows you around like ducklings. Um, so we get that fight scene and then Brian goes back to work. It's a big problem. He says he needs to fix his car, make it faster because he needs to go win some races. And it's just very straightforward from there until Brian gets arrested. And you're like, what? Why is Brian getting arrested? Eh, he's not really getting arrested. He's a cop. The cops are pulling him over because they need to get info. Has he gotten anything? Has he heard anything? You know? And it's like, oh, okay. This Great. is another one of those things that I was completely blindsided by. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I have moments of this movie where I'm like, did I just miss something completely? And I'm sure I did. Like, looking in the wrong direction like I did with Vince. Oh, yeah. This is a movie that, like, you'll notice a lot of little things on a second yeah. Which is weird, because this doesn't seem like a movie that deserves or, or warrants multiple watches. Because you think it's just going to be some dumb action exactly. movie. Which I, I will admit, I thought that. Yep. But on second watches, you'll notice these little nuanced things. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. That makes sense. I get it now. So they just need to check in from Brian, because the night before, they had a street race. And Brian was like, oh, I put up my car in this race. And then he blows the manifold because dude doesn't know how to drive. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows how to drive, but he doesn't know anything about cars like he's supposed to. So he blows his manifold, wrecks the whole car. Cops come. They all swarm. He picks up Dom to save Dom from being arrested. Takes him back to his house. All the other dudes are there already. Dom's all pissed. We missed where uh, they get into gang territory, basically. Oh, no, that's after Oh, that is, yeah, he gets into gang territory. In this which, is where Tran shows up and is like, you owe me money, blah, blah, blah. Ten second car. Yeah. And well, then we, they blow up Brian's car. Yeah. The car that he just lost to Dom in the race. Yep. So you get this little, like, back and forth. Then they get back to Dom's house. All the guys are there. So Dom's pissed because he's like, I was going to get arrested. And y'all sitting here drinking Corona? Yeah. You can have anything as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> you can have every, any drink in this house. As long as it's a Corona. Which I chuckled at. Oh, it's such a good line. It's one of those like, what? Until you learn the backstory of why it was put in because it's it's credited, not that exact line, but a variation of that line is, fun fact, credited to Henry Ford, who made the Model T Ford car. And apparently in one of the design meetings, he was telling the the people designing it and everything, you can have it in any color as long as it's black. This is, this is an old wives' tale. This has been known by car people, like, forever, that <laughs> this quote came from Ford himself. Yeah. But there's no proof that he ever actually said it. It's just been, for <laughs> some down. reason, passed down that he said it. It's been attributed to him for years. So that's what this is referencing. They're car guys. Of course they're going to know that line. So Dom does his variation on it. Yeah. Such a, nice a unique little... little uh... 
nugget in little there. Little nod, considering there's a lot of things wrong in this movie when it comes to the cars. So it's a nice little nod of, hey, maybe we looked at uh, a Google page real quick about cars. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the party. Dom's pissed. Brian's there. There's a whole big confrontation, but everything gets settled pretty fast. Nothing, there's never really a stake there. I never feel like anything bad's going to happen with Brian and Vince and all those guys. Once again, I was completely blindsided by that because I thought it was going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, of course they're giving him a hard time because he's the new guy, but I they'll eventually was, let him in. I thought there was going to be stakes. <laughs> it, it got me. Because <laughs> that's such a trope, you know? Yeah. The whole idea of someone coming in being like, I'm taking your spot. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. And then they got to fight about yes. it. And then they become friends. Well, the good thing is they never become friends. So that's at least something. Oh, I mean, so he gets arrested yeah. and then he tells them that he lost the car and they're like, they're so mad. And they're like, do you even have any leads? He's like, well, there's this one guy I met at the street race. He seems fishy. Then there's this other guy I met and he seems fishy. And they're like, well, what about Dom? And he's like, nah, Dom's too controlled for that too. And then you find out Dom's been in jail because he almost beat a dude to death with a wrench. And we're going to touch upon that a little later too. But these things happen. You yeah, know? they just, they happen. What are you going to do about it? Then we get back to, Brian goes back to the house, and we just kind of, the story just slowly progresses here. He owes Dom a 10-second car, so he gets to the junkyard, and he gets this real big piece of crap car, and then they're like, woo, we're going to have a montage of fixing up this car. Great. Then they all become friends, except for Brian and Vince. Everybody's kind of welcomed Brian in. It almost feels yada, yada, yada in there. This part of the movie is so yada, yada, yada until we get to the climax and the whole big stuff that's happening. We get some little more race things, some more fun with the guys. And we get that moment I talked about in the kitchen where Vince is very mad at Brian, but Mia agrees to go out with Brian. And while they're out on a date, guess what's happening? Dom and his boys are stealing stuff again. And you're like, done. Done. Yeah. And again, Good set piece. They don't show it as, as much this time. They cut intercut it between other things, but it's really cool. And at this time, we don't know it's dumb. Correct. It. We they don't know never it's dumb. show that until That's the, the whole very point. End. This is the mystery part of who is it? Because it could there's be Dom. Three but different we like groups Dom. that. It could be Hector. Well, we don't know. And it could be Tran. We don't know. We don't like Tran, so it's probably Tran. Probably Tran. Tran. It should be Tran anyway. <laughs> so then he decides oh you know the cops are up his butt of like get us information figure out who it is so brian starts sniffing around these other guys because hector comes into harry's the auto shop that he works at and needs parts a lot of parts and three of each parts for hondas which as we know is the car that's been doing that yes little hondas are the cars that have been robbing people and there's three of them oh damn it's got to be hector Mm mm-hmm so Brian says, I'm going to do some cop work. And he goes late at night and he breaks into Hector's garage. And Very cop of him. Oh, very cop of him. I mean, he's an undercover cop. He does whatever he wants at this point, you know, because if he gets caught, they have no knowledge. Yeah. So he breaks in, finds out, nah, it's not the cars he's looking for. He's, he was like, the tires are right, but something about it isn't right. Yeah, like, he, he put it all together. He actually did detective work. Oh, yeah. He did cop work, which was cool. Which would probably make a lot more sense if you know cars, like, at all. Yeah. But since I know nothing about cars, I'm just like, 
But they're they're Hondas and they had the right tires, right? They're the right. But thing. luckily, they they do enough ex- exploitation in that scene to make you understand how he goes. They can't be the right ones. Yes. He's like these three things work. These other things don't. Yeah. Not right. He explains it. I just didn't oh, yeah. understand. It's it. great. <laughs> then as Brian's leaving, he just gets cold cocked with the butt of a shotgun, and you're like, oh damn, oh damn, he got caught. Yeah, yeah. he did get caught by Dom and Vince. <laughs> and Vince is like, I told you he was a cop. I told you. And Dom's like, you you have like five seconds to explain yourself before I just let Vince loose. Yeah. And Brian makes up this cockamamie story about like... I'm just checking out the competition. I'm checking out the competition because, you know, with Race Wars, which is this apparently big racing event coming up for illegal street racing, which is but just has weird security, to say. But which is crazy. Well, because it's at an actual track. This is like legal street racing, yeah. you know, drag racing. And he's like, I got to see the competition. I owe you a car. I can't afford to lose again. He makes up this whole story. Yeah. And Dom believes him because Dom is a good person at heart. Yeah, he almost killed that guy that one time. He's doing very dangerous things. He's doing dangerous things. But, like, he actually, they write him pretty well because he is a good guy. He wants to believe the best in people. So he gives Dom the benefit of the doubt. Or he gives Brian the benefit of the doubt. And he actually says, that's a damn good idea. We should do that. So he goes with him. Yeah. To do to do the uh next He's snooping, one. yeah. Which is Tran. Yeah. And he goes in and they look and Yeah, he's got a lot of DVD players and stereos and things that were stolen in his garage. Fishy, fishy, fishy. Mm-hmm. And he's got three Hondas. Fishy, fishy, fishy. But don't have engines. But they don't have engines. What's going mm. on there? And then the lights come on and they have to scatter and they have to hide in Tran's garage. Because Tran and his cousin are bringing this white guy in to threaten him. Because he's like, hey, do you see something wrong with these cars? And the white guy's like, no. Tran's like, dude, they have no engines. What the <laughs> hell is wrong? You, are you, you idiot. And then he throws him to the ground and does something really disgusting. He starts pumping engine oil into his mouth and all over his face. I literally had to turn away. This this is the part where I'm like, this guy is psycho. He's portraying it very well because... Oof, that got me almost viscerally. Like, oh, I was yeah. like, oh no. Oh, yeah, no. it's such a great scene. And it was actually a toned down version because it was actually a lot worse. They tortured him a lot more in a longer cut. They had to tone it down for the ratings, though. I appreciate that yeah, they did because still, what they did was enough. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was but it shows too much that Tran is a little, like... Unhinged? Unhinged. He could be a criminal. So Brian is immediately like... This is my guy. He's like, I, I, I know it's not Hector. Things didn't work out. It can't be Dom because I'm starting to love Dom. I'm part of his little gang now. I trust them. So it's got to be Tran. So except, he tells the cops it's Tran. Except for the fact he doesn't fully go on to it. He wants to get more evidence first. But. But nope. The cops, the cops are, are like, it's Tran. Like hey, the, you these were... truck drivers are starting to arm themselves. Yep. We need to act. Yes or no. Exactly. And it's, you know, makes sense. There's enough evidence there to just suspect that it's him. Yeah. Just just go in and like. At least enough to get real police involved. I mean, not real oh, police because yeah. he's actual real police, but like the uniformed SWAT team, police. Yeah, the other people. The non-undercover Didn't people. Didn't expect it to be SWAT, to be honest, but, you know. I mean, they're doing a giant raid. You're not going in with just uniformed police for a raid. I guess. You don't know. You think this is an unhinged armed criminal. You already know he has automatic weapons. 
which to me looked like some kind of Uzi. I'm not 100% sure, though, because they don't show it that well. So he's armed, he's unhinged, and you think he's a criminal. You're going in geared up. That's For sure. For sure. So they go take him down, and while they're taking him down, it's intercutting with Dominic having sex with Letty. It's like back and forth, like they're busting into Tran's house, and then it cuts to Dom and Letty making out on the hood of his car in the garage, and really weird. I think I, like, tuned that part out because I just didn't care about those two together. Yeah, it was super weird. And I really was interested in Trans. So. Yeah, so <laughs> they bust in and they, they arrest him and everything, and it turns out that all the equipment was bought legally. All of the DVD players, the radios, everything. It was all bought legally. And the cars weren't the right cars. Like, nothing points to him. So Brian, so Brian's like, oh, crap. Because the cops are like, you know who it is then. It's Dom. Yeah. Go figure it out. And he's like, shit. All right. Got to go figure it out. He doesn't want to, though. So next up is Race Wars. They go out to the middle of the desert, and there's a bunch of people there racing. And you put up money or pink slips for your cars or just all this good stuff. And fun fact, a lot of those cars were just extras. Extras bringing their cars to fill this out. I could see that. The director put out a thing saying, hey... Come, come be a part of this movie. We want to see your cool cars. And, like, they let them race, and they let them drive around, and they just filmed it. It was, like, 1,500 cars there for Race Wars, and they just made a day of it that's, and filmed the scenes in the meantime. You know, that's really smart. It's yeah, awesome. And probably much cheaper on their end oh, yeah, to do it that way. Oh, yeah, to rent them all, just yeah. bring people out. Um, even in our earlier street race, the car that Dom is driving at the time... Mm-hmm. is actually a donated car from a car enthusiast. Like, he, that's his car. It's all souped out. It can do all the stuff that it does in the movie. And he loaned it to the movie so that they could use it. And he is... I don't know the character's name, and I'm gonna... I'm, it's gonna sound weird, but the Asian guy in that race. So there's Dom, Brian, a black guy played by Ja Rule, and then an Asian guy. The Asian mm-hmm. guy is the owner of that car. Oh, that is so They funny. put him in the scene so that he could be a part of it, and that was in exchange for them letting for him letting them use his car. That that is funny. So like they really reached out and tried to get actual car people to and maybe that's why this movie feels more grounded and stuff, because it's all actual cars with real things that can really be done. Which is why it's a shame they got a lot of car things wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Um so they go to race wars and Things feel off. You can immediately tell as the audience, you're like, all right, this is that point where I just get those tingles that some stuff's about to go down. Bad things are going to happen. Yep. And it all starts with Letty wins her race by a long shot. She wins some money. And Brian is trying to be like, figure out more info. Like, where'd y'all get this money? Where'd you do this stuff? Blah, blah, blah. And then Jesse races his Jetta versus Tran, who's pissed. Because he just got out of jail. Mm-hmm. And Jesse and races. Someone narked. And Jesse races for pink slips because he doesn't have the money. And he loses. But instead of giving up the car, he just keeps on driving. Yeah. And just disappears. And Trans So he goes up to Dom and he's like, hey, somebody narked on me and I think it was you. And then they kind of have a little fist fight. And by fist fight, I mean Dom knocks him down and that's the end of it. Which yeah. apparently... Well, this is also when Dom realizes what Jesse has just done. Correct. So, like, proverbial shit has hit the fan yeah. at this point. And you just know it's all coming crashing down now. And 
fun, another fun quick fact here. Rick Yoon, who played Tran, actually was really mad about that scene, that fight. Um, because he was like, I feel like my character would fight a little more. Like, I take one punch, I go down, and then what? So he went to the director. Uh, the director is Rob Cohen. And he goes to him, and he's like, hey, I think that should be changed. And Rob said, no, I don't think so. And he was like, he was mad about it. And Rob then explained it to him simply. And Rick was like, okay, I'll go do it. He said, I don't think if you just took a clean punch from Vin Diesel, I don't think most people are getting back up. No. He's a big man. And he doesn't stop. Yeah. After one punch. So Rick was like, okay, cool. I'm good with this scene now. Because it all made sense in his head. You know, I get it. You want to be a tough guy. Like, that's the whole movie, tough guys. Yeah. You don't want to kind of just get punked right then. So I get why he, at least he vocalized, but then understood and proceeded to film the scene the way it was supposed to be. Great. Wonderful. Fun fact. Hey, sometimes you have to, like, make that clarification. Yeah, who knows? Sometimes actors have great notes that maybe the writer and director hadn't thought of, but sometimes... They have thought of this. Yeah. Maybe the director would have been like, hey, that's a great idea. Why don't you punch him back one time and then he'll throw you down and pound you. Yeah. You know, like, maybe. You don't that's know. That's how you, you get you great movies is having that input and having that, connect, like, drive to want your character to be better than it that's is. That's why movies are known as collaborations because everybody has a hand in it. Yeah. That's how we get great movies. Bad movies are the ones where it's like one person's vision and only one person's vision. Mm-hmm. Those are usually bad movies. Even the greats like Tarantino and Nolan and Scorsese, they have a whole team that they bounce stuff around and work together to create these amazing movies. You never have just the one guy. So, makes sense. Yes. So, after that, then we go to another heist. But this time, it's in daytime. Because, as as we've seen, Dom is all about his crew. Basically, his family. He realizes he needs to do something. He needs to get that money to help out Jesse. He needs to get Jesse out of this pickle, and that's all that his is going through his mind right now. Nothing else. He matters. knows he needs to get Jesse, but first he needs to do this heist because he can find Jesse in an hour. In an hour, that truck's gone, and you can't do the heist. So he prioritizes. He's got two things to do: go do the heist. He's like, Jesse will show up. I need to have the money, the, the yeah. ability to help him once exactly. he does. So they go to do the th- do the heist. Jesse's gone. And Brian's like, Mia, I'm a cop. And I know your brother's in some stuff. Tell me where they went. Especially because Brian knows at this point that truckers have armed themselves. Oh, yeah. He they're knows all fighting that back basically they're, Dom and the crew are going into a trap. Basically. Yeah. And he's like, I, I need your help to which help is, me help them. Which is amazing, too, because it shows Brian's connection to that group. He's like, I, he, he's not going to stop them. He's not going to go. He's not trying to find them so he can be like, guys, don't rob the truck. He's going because he doesn't want them hurt. Mm-hmm. Which is part cop, part part of this gang. Yeah. And it's, it's so and I think- good. It was in realizing that, that Mia actually helps him. Yes. Mia kind of sees it in Brian. Because she hesitates. You're not, you're doing this for the right reasons. You want to help my brother. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So they hunt him down. Well, by the time they get there, the heist has gone horribly wrong. Dude had a (sighs) shotgun. So Vince jumps onto the hood of the, the semi, 
driver pulls out a shotgun and just starts shooting at him. And Vince is stuck. Uh, he's trying to jump around the hood to not get killed. And the wire that he uses to attach himself to the truck has wrapped itself around his arm and is digging in and just cutting him all up and can't get loose. Every car is trying to help, but the trucker drives Letty off the side of the road. She kind of rolls, gets a little hurt. So Leon a stops little. to help her. <laughs> yeah. Leon stops to help her while Vince, Vince, well, Dom is trying to get Vince off the truck. And then Brian shows up with Mia. Because Vince does get, or uh, Dom does get run off the road. He pops a tire and is done. He's yeah. off. Yeah. So Leon has to pick him up after getting Letty. So, Brian shows up to save the day. And this is an action scene. Oof. It I'm doesn't cut away. Of your seat. According to Paul Walker in an interview, it was all done practical. Like, there's actually a few scenes where if you pay to- close enough attention, you can see them, the harnesses. Yeah. You can clearly see them wearing harnesses. You can clearly see stunt doubles. You can clearly... But because you're invested in the moment, none of that matters. Yeah. You're like, this is a cool action scene. We're on a truck, feels like we're doing 90 on a highway on a hot summer day. Dude's shooting at him. They're bouncing around. Cars are everywhere. So good. So good. Yeah. What do you think? I literally was on my the edge of my seat being like, oh my God, don't jump. Don't jump because you're going to fall. <laughs> like, don't do this, but also do it because you have to. Right. Like, you know, so Brian has to jump from his worked up Supra to, I think it's a Supra at that point. I don't know, something. I don't know, cars. I'm don't not a, ask I'm me not about a car cars. guy. I haven't known cars for the last, like, 20 years. but Probably since this movie came Probably out. since this movie, yeah, a couple years after this movie. So he has to jump from his car to the truck to save Vince. You know he's not going to fall. He's our hero. And yet, and yet you're still like, oh, he's going to fall. <laughs> you're like, D- the impossibility of this action but you do it but it still feels real yeah it feels impossible and yet real because it was like literally at some points matt schultz and paul walker were just strapped to the side of a semi while it was driving you want to talk about tom cruise doing his stunts here we go so it's great great scene well at the end they say vince the semi drives off dom and leon and letty all pull up and they hear Brian on the phone. Hey, this is uh, Brian, cop number, blah, blah, blah. I need an ambulance. And Dom is pissed. This is another one of those good uh, scenes for Dom, for Vin Diesel. In that moment, you could see just that seething bit of anger, that bit of betrayal. But Wait, also, He's not angry that he's a cop. Yeah. He's angry that he let a cop in. But he goes from He's also shock to pure rage in the betrayal to, oh my God, he's, he's saving my guy. Yeah. And he blends it all. Like, it's not just he goes one, one, one. It's, it's like he builds while keeping the previous one still there. All within the span of like three seconds. Oh yeah. It's, it's really quite a little moment, just that whole scene all together. So he saves him, but Dom takes off. And Paul's like, Paul. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> played by Paul Walker, Brian, knows where Dom's going. He's going back to the house. Because guess what? We haven't found Jesse yet. Yep. So, of course, Dom is like, everything's settled here. Gotta go get Jesse. 
because he's all about the family. So he gets back to the house. Brian pulls up. Dom's walking out into his 1970 Charger, a car that he absolutely loves but has never really driven. It was his dad's. And he's going to go find Jesse, but he's got a shotgun. And Brian's like, dude, put the gun down. He's like, I haven't called the cops yet. Don't make me actually call the cops. And Dom's like, no, going to find Jesse. And then Jesse shows up. And he's like, Dom. And this is a this is a moment for Chad Lindbergh, too. The way he shows up, like, basically crying that he needs help. And he's admitting he lost his mind at Race Wars. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am. I need help. I'm in so much trouble. Like, you feel for this kid in this moment. You're oh, yeah. like, oh, my. Help him. Mm-hmm. Help him. But they can't. Because Tran and his cousin show up with their Uzis, and just open fire. And unfortunately, there's only one casualty, and it's Jesse. But we get a nice moment of Dom trying to get to trying, Jesse. Oh, again, another great action piece. This one's a little more unrealistic, because how did they not get hit by any of these flying bullets? But yeah. it's fine. How is Jesse the only one that got hit when it was Mia, Brian, and Dom out there as well? But it's great. It's still, it's very war-esque. Very much like a war movie where Dom is like going through the gunfire to get to his fallen soldier. You know, is good, good moment. So he gets there. Jesse's dead. And Dom is like, hell no. Nah. Brian's like, hell no. Nah. So Brian takes off after them. Dom gets say, in his car. Brian takes even off. opens fire. Oh, yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. He's not having it. Not just as a cop. As a part of the family. Yeah. He ain't having that. So he takes off after him, and he chases down the cousin, gets him. Then they chase down Tran. They get him, too. Then they show up on a street, Dom and his charger, Brian and his little rice burner, and he uh, says, hey, that railroad track over there is a quarter mile away. On the green light, I'm going for it. And they get this weird little exchange between the two, and the light goes green, and they take off. And they race. And guess who wins this time? Brian. By a hair. By a hair. If you, if you watch the movie closely and pause it, at the right time, you can tell Brian wins. But a train's coming. So, like, as they jump the tracks, a train is coming. For that added tension. Of course. So Dom's car lands, he loses control, he rolls it, blah, blah, blah. And then they have a wonderful little bro moment. And... Brian lets him go. He hands him the keys to his car and says, I owe you a 10-second car. And he just lets him go. Because he understands that Dom might not be a terrible person, and he doesn't want him going to jail for the things that he did because, I, I don't know. I honestly, this is one of my biggest problems with the movie is when he lets him go at the end. I can fill in the blanks as much as I want to, but the movie doesn't expressly tell me or show me in any way why he lets Dom go at the end. This was actually a major problem for me in the movie is I don't know who I was supposed to be rooting for because they made Dom out to be such that lovable guy for him to be the quote unquote bad guy at the end, but he's still not bad. Like I, and then Brian doing, like, letting him go, like, doing all these things that... Doing anti-cop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I was so confused for most of the movie of being like, 
I, I don't know who I'm supposed to be backing, so, who I'm supposed to be rooting for. So I agree with you, and I don't understand why he lets Dom go, but I gotta say, it's one of the reasons that this movie, again, feels so grounded, because that's real. That emotional conflict, and just because you're a bad guy... Doing bad things. Doing bad things doesn't make you a bad guy. We learned that in Wreck-It Ralph. I was going to say that. Just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Yeah. So he understands Dom takes... It's that old adage of like a guy stealing a loaf of bread to feed his family. But this time the loaf of bread is DVD players that he can resell so he can give his family car parts. I know that sounds weird, but the way this movie makes it out is that's these people's lives is cars. If they didn't have cars, they'd have nothing. And so he's kind of like not feeding being, his family. Yeah, not being a car person myself, I don't get it. I'm like, okay, oh, there's... Oh, there are you car have, people like that, though. Oh, I understand, but it's like you have this uh, ability to soup cars up, you have your own shop, and then you have this, like, restaurant-ish place. But apparently it's terrible food. They mention it in the movie. Yeah, but you could actually food. invest in that and not have to do these crimes. Like, I think it's just... You're, you're showing off racers. that they're being... They like the thrill. It's the danger. There is doing things that you like and doing things that you need. You do not need to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these cars. But that's how they eat. That's their fee- That's their fuel. Ha, ha, no pun intended, but that's their fuel. That's what drives... No pun intended. <laughs> that's what drives them. That's what their life is. Dom would have... Then find a different way to do it. So we get this, and I skipped over this part while going through the breakdown of the movie on purpose, but we get this emotional scene with Dom where he's telling Brian all about why he was in jail. About him bashing that guy's in, guy's face in with a wrench. It's because his dad died in a race. Because of this guy. Because of this guy. Because he didn't check the car right. He didn't. It's this guy's fault. So Dom was so upset he beat this guy's face in. Then he has this wonderful line of, I live my life quarter mile at a time. Which is the quote you guys heard at the beginning of this podcast. That's the point of this entire movie. It's why he does the, the robberies. Because he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. That's all he has. So he has to. Because to afford the cars that they afford... I mean, Tran definitely was doing some shady stuff. Even if it wasn't the shady stuff that we thought he was doing, somehow he's doing. he's got hundreds of thousands of dollars in these cars. I think his family is just wealthy because his family probably some shady stuff out. though. Probably some yakuza stuff. Probably like he definitely has that that gangster mentality in him. You know that just doesn't come out of nowhere. It, something's in him. So he's doing shady. Hector's probably doing shady stuff. He rolls into Harry's with a wad of cash, like it's nothing, and he's like, order three three of all these things, and each one of those things is probably two thousand dollars. So he's got six thousand dollars per item and he's got a whole list of items clearly he's not hurting for money either Mm -hmm. so he must be doing something on the side because you're not making that kind of money working a nine to five in an office and racing on the weekends 
So we kind of get the feeling that the whole world shady stuff is happening because they need to. That's their addiction. They need to be fed. See, weird that you bring up almost like gang activity because I had this weird feeling during this movie that it was basically an old like gangster like mob boss movie because you had like these three different mob like Mm -hmm. going against each other and the guy's name is literally like Dom. Yeah. Like the Don. Like it, it was so much to me that I was just like, is this a gang but like, it's that it's that idea though of like the mob is bad, but also at the same time the mob does good things. Like Al Capone did a lot for the city of Chicago. He gave money to schools. He gave money to the homeless. He he's a bad guy who did good things, but he could only do those good things by doing bad things. It's kind of that idea, and that's what makes this movie kind of complex, even though it feels very surface. Mm-hmm. But it's layered like that. So, just, it's interesting how we get to where we get to. So, that's the end of the movie. Um, But talking about, going back real quick to that that line of I live my life a quarter mile at a time, that was a tour de force for um, Vin Diesel. Diesel. I agree. I felt it in that moment that, like, I, I was okay with him almost killing that guy in the moment because of how much emotion he put into that speech that you felt what he felt and you were like oh i probably would have done the same thing yeah but he did it so subtly yes that it it was he wasn't like breaking that... down crying mm-hmm. telling you it was a tough guy letting the layers of his onion fall apart and then the waterworks came a little yeah yeah such a moment it was literally the moment i wrote down in my uh pro section for this movie Vin Diesel's performance. Yes, that was the moment. That's why I didn't bring it up throughout because I thought maybe there's going to be more that we want to dig deep in because it's that line kind of informs everything that happens in this movie. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. That's why everything in this movie feels like it all happens so fast because it's all happening quarter mile at a time. It's so fast. It informs everything. It informs his character. It informs Brian's decision to let him go at the end. It informs why they were robbing people. It was it was everything. And it was a and great... the performances were there too because even watching Paul Walker listen to this story, you can see his acting, even though it's nonverbal. It's that good. And his almost decision that Dom is good. Yes, that it's like yeah, no matter you did what a, he does, you did a bad thing, but you were, for lack of a better term, justified in doing it. Yeah. Yeah. What a great moment. Great moment. And I love that they called back to it at the end. Yes. Yes. I I love that they also call back at the end for us as audience members is when Brian loses to Dom in the first race, Dom tells him, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. All that matters is that you win. Yeah. Right? And that's the whole thing at the end. Brian wins that race to the train by an inch but he still won and because of that he can let dom go he had nothing left to prove he won yeah which he is knows he won in that uh theme of respect exactly it's kind of like one in one now so i gotta let you go so we can have round three 
<laughs> you know, like, there's so many things well, that you could do with it. And it's clear throughout most of the film that a lot of people's almost drive is Dom's respect. Yes. Like, they need his respect. Like you said, he's the Don. He's the head of the mafia family. Yeah. And all he, all he wants is respect from everyone, so they give it to him and try to get his in return. Yeah. And it's wonderful. All right, so... Now that we broke it all down, a few little points that I want to hit on, and I know you have some as well that we might not have touched upon. Yep. So the music in this movie is really good. They do a blend of, like, hip-hop, rock, alternative, dubstep. Like, there's a whole mixture of things in here, and it's really good. But the glaring problem is it is so 2001. Yeah. Like, if anything, outside of, like, the technology, because you can't help technology, you just use what's available. Mm-hmm. But if anything outside of that technology in this movie dates it, it's the music. I want to add one part to that. A lot of the dialogue. Because they yeah, use slang could, like no But you other. could use it ironically in newer movies. You could use... You can get away with some of it. You can't get away with the music. Where it's like, some of that music doesn't even exist as a genre anymore. That is Because it's, true. it's become something else. Like, dubstep is now EDM. It's no longer called dubstep or whatever. You know, like, yeah. it's modified. So if you're like, hey, we're going back to electrono, electronic dance music, you're like, okay, well, that, that crap hasn't existed for 20 years. So clearly <laughs> this movie's dated. So, yeah, it just totally dates it. Um... That I'm going to was... skip this part because I know you want to touch upon the dialogue here. Um, the, so we kept mentioning throughout that they didn't know about cars. And we don't know about cars. But in my research for the movie, I always do. You guys think I just come up with stuff. I don't. I research. I spend a lot of time figuring out behind the scenes stuff, stuff about the movie, thoughts of other people to kind of inform this podcast. But the cars apparently make no sense so a lot of like you'll see them driving and you'll hear the noise of a shift of the car but they're both their hands are on the steering wheel and they've already demonstrated that the shifter is in the center console it's not a fan shift on the steering wheel yeah so it's like how are you shifting when your hands are both is the other person shifting that's really weird so they do that Apparently, according to a lot of car enthusiasts online, things are also weird. Like, we're looking at a 2001 Toyota Supra, and it's revving its engine. But apparently, the engine sound we're hearing is from, like, a 1999 Porsche Carrera or a Porsche 911 or, you know, something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. the sounds of the cars don't match up. The bodies of the cars don't match up. And this is from, like, car people. Who are like, here's a picture of my car that I've been working on for 30 years. I love cars. And they're like, but the sounds are just all over the place. I can excuse that slightly. Because, because modern we, audience or like regular audience members don't know. Not really that. More so we literally see them modifying their cars. So they could be putting a different engine into a different model to make it unique. Or could they be, could be adapting also, the, the you, shell of it. You could be, but at the end of the day... What they show on screen, some of the engine sounds they use would never fit in that body. So it's like, yeah. you can't even modify it to use that engine. It, it just doesn't work. 
I'm not so using excusing it at yeah. all because even as not a car enthusiast, I had issues with the sound. Yes. Not making sense. Yes. A so, lot of it just doesn't work. Another big problem yeah. I had with the cars is at the race, at the very first race of the movie, when they're in an alleyway and they're being illegal race street racers, <laughs> they're all like, oh, we got to go fast. And then as they pull up to the line to start, Dom takes a remote control and he turns on a giant stereo in the trunk of his car. Big subwoofers, yeah. lots of speakers, boom, huge bass. And I'm like, dude, isn't the point to go fast? Don't you want to get rid of weight? I literally chuckled at this point. I was yeah. like, seriously, Stop that is not something there. you would put in your car if you're going to race racing. it. Like, it would be something that would be, like, easily removable so that, like, you could put it in when you're not racing, take it out, like, something. Yeah. It's just so funny because then we get this one line and it gets me every time i watch this movie during that same race dom just starts speeding up like he's he's just blowing past everybody and one of the guys is like oh he's so fast <laughs> he is not doing much of anything the race just started his car is just better than yours yep and i get it racers matter when you look at stuff like nascar and things like that rate the, the driver matters your cars are pretty much all the same but who's the better driver? So I get that. But at the end of the day, in a quarter mile race, it's really just about who has the faster car. Yeah. Who shift, like, yes, maybe who shifted better, but you're all professional drivers. Y'all shift really good. He's just got a better car. He is not fast. The car is fast. I was going to say, it does show that you need to know what you're doing at least a little bit because Brian loses that, that initial race because of when he uses the NOS. Yes. Which so I believe gonna... is nitrous, right? Yes. Okay. It is nitrous. They don't, they just expect you to know these things. And I'm yeah. like, oh. Um, another couple things here is this movie's really nothing like its sequels. And I know the franchise wouldn't be as big as it is if they didn't change things up. But I miss this. I miss the street racing, the groundedness, the, the, Small stakes, not the end of the world super villain's gonna do something. We're now all of a sudden secret agent superhero people. I miss this when it comes to the new movies. I like it a lot. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised because I only really knew spots from the future movies and how just ridiculous they were. And that is just not in my wheelhouse. That is not something I really care for. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with this one being a lot more grounded and a lot more realistic. Absolutely. Um, two, two more things I want to touch upon. Um, chemistry. So Vin Diesel and Paul Walker, after this movie, were friends in real life. They became friends. They, Vin Diesel cried. He gave a eulogy at Paul Walker's funeral. Like They became family after doing all these movies for all these years together. And you see it in this movie. When they're on screen together, it feels like they really have known each other for 20 years. After they're supposed to. They definitely feel like they're brothers in yes. that thing. Where they just have this connection that They just works. know what the other one's doing. Yeah. They just know. Without talking, they're just like, yeah, I know what you're going to do. And it works. Uh, according to Paul Walker in an interview, the scene where Dom is interrogating him after they caught him sneaking into people's garages. They didn't really know how they were going to play that scene. And they kind of just winged it. And Paul was like, I was actually really scared because it was the one time I didn't know what to expect from him. I couldn't feel him. I couldn't, like, 
realize what he was going to do. And he terrified me because he changed it. But that is what made that scene feel realistic Correct. because he had he had that emotion to play off of of like I've kind of understood Dom to this point. But this is like calling an audible like oh my that's god. My, that's my brother and I don't know who's actually in this scene with me now. And now yeah. he is against me all of a sudden which is like which just shows kind of the first time since we've gotten to know each other. Yes. Which just shows how good of actors they were together. Yes. They were they played off each other so well and they created something magic here. Yeah. One thing that didn't work for me though is Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. Dom and Letty. They're supposed to be dating. They're supposed to be a couple. They're supposed to have chemistry. And they were actually dating during this movie. I think they started dating while filming and then they dated a little while after the movie finished. But my god, they had zero chemistry on screen. This was another part of why I did not understand what their relationships were together was because I didn't see that chemistry. I didn't see any, like, romance there. I didn't see any, like, familiarity with them. I thought they were just friends, maybe. Like, once again, I thought he was much older. Oh, so yeah. I had no idea. So Super weird. The fact that they had no chemistry was just, like, yeah, it was definitely, they get Why? more chemistry as the franchise goes on, but I still always think in every movie it's one of the weakest aspects of each subsequent film. Yeah, like I've it's, seen they're them. They're not good. I've seen some of their clips in future movies, and they definitely seem more like family. More, not necessarily like they're dating or anything, or married or whatever. They have a whatever. better relationship, but it's yeah. still not good. It's almost like more respect yeah, it's, later on. It's weird. And then the last thing for me that always gets me in this movie is there's a lot happening in this movie. We have the main overall story of Brian trying to solve the robbery, but we got so many little subplots. The love story over here between Dom and Letty, the love triangle over here with Brian, Vince, and Mia, the Brian's a cop, the trans a psychopath, the street racing, the, the race wars, you know, like all these little subplots that they always touch upon. And I'm just like, it's a little much. I feel like this movie could have been simplified to just be like cop, undercover, find bad guy. Yep. So, all right. What are some of the things you want to touch upon uh, with that worked or didn't work for you? For me, I absolutely hated the camera work. And I understood Ooh, it. hate's a strong word. I, I know, but it. One, let me explain. I understand it, and it, it works for what it does, but for me personally, it made me almost queasy. It was a little too fast, a little too jittery, and it did what it was supposed to do, but I just cannot stand that kind of camera work. And that is a very personal choice on my part, but I just, I thought, tone it down just even a little bit. Because you tried to do a lot of the speed almost in camera rather than practically, it felt like, because of how they, they moved. Well, yeah, they're not going to film at 140 miles an hour. Nowadays, they might. So <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like, I, I noticed it being done more so in camera than anything else. Well, yeah, that's the green screen. That's, yeah. that's them having to show it. And because the technology of 2001 isn't that good, it looks a little janky sometimes. So that was a huge... Uh, thing that put me off uh, as well as it some of those scenes being just a little too impractical 
I because because you have to do it like because it's visually appealing to be robbing this truck while it's moving, but. I feel like in doing so, you'd probably wreck a lot of the electronics that are inside. I understand that people pack them okay, but like yeah, but, you're so, not packing it so that it's gonna be like move yanked back and forth like I get those that, drivers are doing. Maybe you don't know how semis work. Like just because the cab's swerving a lot, that trailer's not swerving as much. And and you <laughs> you rob and you get three thousand DVD players. Who cares if 20 are broke? I guess. It's just, that's, that was, especially starting off the movie like that, it started off the movie on a bad foot for me because I was just like, uh, thinking logistically, I feel like a lot of those are probably broken or I messed don't up. or This goes to show that you have never worked in a warehouse or any kind of place where you have to pack things. No. Because, trust me, I, I used to work in a warehouse. We used to have to pack a truck. And... If you didn't take that first thing out the back of the truck, you nothing was moving. Okay, maybe, but they also showed them packing the truck at the beginning, and it is very haphazard. Well, yeah, because that's the visually appealing part of, like, they need you to see. They couldn't put it all on pallets. They couldn't, because then you'd be like, well, I don't know what they're stealing. So they had to visually show it, but... Mm-hmm. I think on pallets, I probably wouldn't have minded as much. But. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have known what they were stealing. So when we see the DV players in Trans Garage, it wouldn't have mattered because you wouldn't have put it together. I understand. I know. It's, it's, it's one of those things of you have to get rid of the practicality a little bit to show the aesthetics. You got to balance it. Yeah. Last thing that I want to touch on is actually a positive thing is how the our two main girls are portrayed. They are portrayed as strong, independent women. And in this movie, it could have gone uh, really, really badly. In the fact of, like, they could have been, like, majority of the women we see in this movie of just groupies of fangirls that have no substance to them, but they portrayed them well. Right, they could have ended up as characters, actual characters, that further the plot of the movie, but also just car groupies. But instead, they were like, hey, not only do you love cars and love all that stuff, but you're strong, you're independent... You are outspoken, and you get respect from all the men around you. That's awesome. I mean, Liddy? Letty. Letty. Literally has Dom wrapped around her finger so much so she's literally like, oh, I know you're talking, but you're going to go upstairs and give me a, a massage. No, no. You're going upstairs and giving me a massage right now. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> or the scene, we'll go back to that scene in the kitchen where Vince kind of calls out Brian for washing dishes. And Mia turns around to him and he's like, she's like, hey, what's that restaurant you always wanted to take me to? You know, that little Cuban joint with the good stuff and the blah, blah, blah. And Vince is like, oh, you mean cha-cha-cha. First of all, terrible name. <laughs> and how did she not remember it? It's literally the same word repeated three times. <laughs> cha-cha-cha. Hey, I didn't remember it. And then she turns around to Brian and goes, you can take me there. Like, if that's not strong woman, I don't know what the hell is. Yeah. She puts Vince in his place at the same time, she controls the situation with Brian. She does two things at one time, and both of them are to control the two men that are in the scene with her. And with how much but like in a that good weird, like, toxic masculinity that this movie, tro- like, shows yeah. and oh, portrays, so much. So much. that it is almost refreshing to have women who are not only... Uh, 
respected but are strong enough to be able to hold their own oh yeah it's great and i know you have a problem with the other women portrayed in the movie all the groupies at the races and stuff like that but unfortunately there there's women like that that just they exist in the world i think my problem was more so the fact that there was just so many of them and that it was literally every other woman on the screen as i as someone i've been to nascar races before i have not i've been to events of that nature you know no that that tracks really that's correct that is i did not imagine that there to be are true. that many of them and they will f- i mean go to any concert any music concert go to any kind of big event where there's quote unquote pseudo celebrities there and this is what you kind of get i kind of get a little bit more mu- with music but like Basically, no women in my life have ever been obsessed with cars, so I just, it seems so unrealistic to me, but that's because but I'm not, not in that world. But those women aren't even obsessed with the cars. They're obsessed with the men who are obsessed with the cars, because, as you can see, Hector and all, they all drive cars worth like $100,000. You think the women give a sh- uh, You think those women in particular, portrayed as they are in this movie, give a crap about the men? Hell no. We even get this moment of this woman walking up to Ja Rule's character during the alley, sh- you know, quarter mile race at the beginning, lets her grab him, and then goes, this is yours, whether you win or not. And then he proceeds to lose, and he goes back and he goes, hey, what's up? And she goes, what? Don't talk to me. You didn't win. Because <laughs> they don't actually care about the cars. They only want to be with the, the winners because they know what comes with it. It's the money. It's the... They're groupies. Uh, they want that celebrity status. And I guess I just, I hate that idea about, you know, that, oh, yeah. that those kind of women. It is. That it, it made my skin crawl to think like every other female in this portrayed in this movie is like that. But once again, they exist and I kind of just have to let that go. Exactly. You just, <laughs> unfortunately, people exist. Yeah. All sorts of people. And, and like I said... That's what makes the world work. I have no experience with stuff like this, so maybe that's what's skewing my, exactly. my view on them. But... So, all right. Well, if you've made it this far, before we go into our final thoughts here, a quick little... Uh... Fun fact? Yeah. But, like, quick little shotgun fun fact here. A few of them. Oh. So, <laughs> I just... I got too into the movie, and I forgot to say some of them. So, in that beginning race... Uh, in the quarter mile race where Brian blows up his car. There's this little scene where they're locking down the street and a pizza delivery guy goes up and he's like, what the? And they're like, hey, pizza boy, you're going to have to find another way home tonight. Street's closed. The pizza guy is the director of the movie, Rob Cohen. (laughs) He gets his own little cameo right there. And he's just like, I'm pizza guy. I I love when directors and producers and stuff like that pop into their own movies in little bit parts. Not you, M. Night Shyamalan. Stop being actual characters and just do a quick cameo, you coward. Yeah. But I love when they do that because it's just At so fun. At least this one wasn't, like, so gratuitous as, like, uh, Peter Jackson with his carrot in uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Where it's just he's, like, almost looking into camera going... <sighs> yeah. With the carrot. So it's just... It's funny. I like seeing it. It's fun for filmmakers such as myself who's just like, oh, that's so cool. Somebody from behind the camera got to be in front of the camera for a minute. So much fun. <laughs> As somebody who's worked on a film where they got to go from behind the camera to in front of the camera for just a quick moment, so much fun. Um, so great. The So we talked about the music earlier, and I didn't drop this fun fact in, but 
I said it had all this different kind of music, rock music, alternative music, dubstep, like all this kind of hip-hop, rap, all this. Well, apparently the producers of the movie didn't think that those musics, those genres of music should actually blend together because they put out two different soundtracks. (laughs) One soundtrack had all the hip-hop type music on it, and the other soundtrack had all the rock alternative type music on it. They put out two soundtracks, probably just to get, you know, more money, because they're like, hey, if you like that one song, now you got to buy both CDs. <laughs> but it's just weird. Just put it all on one CD. Yeah. If you, like, you're trying to blend these genres together, like, go all out on it. Right. You blended the movie genres. You gave me a heist movie and a race movie. Action, race, and heist. And you did a pretty good job, so why not do it with the music? And then last one is Vin Diesel. Crazy to think this because he's gotten bigger over the years, more muscles, more everything. But in his in the car that he drives, they had they had a roll cage because it's safety reasons, all that stuff. But apparently they couldn't in his car <laughs> because he was too big, so he didn't fit with the roll cage in. So they had to take it out and then put it back in whenever the stunt driver had to go do stunts. But for all the other cars, you just leave it in the whole time. There's no point in taking it in and out. But Vin Diesel was too hefty of a man, so they had to take it out whenever he was seen driving the car or in the car. That's funny. (laughs) That's a little too much muscle. Yeah. So, all right. That was it on the fun facts, so we'll go into final thoughts here. Go ahead. I went into this movie thinking, for sure, it does not hold up. And that is a bad, bad thing on me because I have flipped my mind. And not by, like, 100%. I don't think it 100% holds up. I do think it holds up on a more slim margin. Because of just how great the action is. How how in-depth the characters actually get. And that there was more to this movie than just a dumb action movie. It was a lot more than I was expecting going in. And I do think someone could watch it today. Have it come out today, and it would be watched. Yeah, you'd obviously have to, like, update the technology and stuff like that, because... I don't even look at that stuff anymore, because... It doesn't, aesthetically, this movie doesn't hold up. Yes. So, I agree there. So, I went into this movie, having seen the movie before, and I was like, yeah, this movie's not gonna hold up. And then I thought about it more, and I was like, maybe it will... Because everybody still seems to love it, even 21 years later. Maybe it does hold up. And I just couldn't figure it out. And then I watched the movie, and I still couldn't figure it out. And then we had this entire conversation, and I realized, yeah, no, it holds up. Yeah. It does. I didn't think it would. I kind of didn't want it to, because Mm -hmm. it was such a product of its time that I was like, there's no way. Nobody's even into street racing anymore. Like, I'm sure there still people are, but it's not like a huge thing like it was. I was like, there's no way this movie holds up. But at its core, it's good performances, good action, a good heist movie, a good racing movie. Like, a good cop movie. A good cop movie where we actually see a cop do cop stuff. Like, it's got a lot of good going for it. Again, updated aesthetically. Update all the computers, update the cars, update, update, update. And if you rebooted this movie, made it exactly the same, but updated, oh, it would still do really well and people would still like it. 
probably while why they are still making these probably movies. even though this one is nothing like any other movie this one and two are are similar-ish but two gets a little crazy and then it just blows up from there. I, that's why I was pleasantly surprised with this movie is because I only really knew about the sequels and I was just like, and this again, isn't that movie. I, I, in 30 years, in 30 years, if we're still doing this podcast in 30 years, which would just be insane, but I don't think any other movie in this franchise will hold up. And it's only because of how ridiculous it gets. I mean, in f- the ninth one, Whatever the hell it was called, they go to outer space. Seriously? In a car. Doesn't make any sense. They retrofit a car with a rocket. It's stupid. So, like, when they get crazy like that, like jumping off of a moving tank across a gap in a bridge to land on the hood of another car after a car crash, like, weird things. But this one is so grounded that it's a story about family. And then things happen. It's about a cop. And a mafia family. And them meshing together. And I think at its core, that's why this movie holds up. Yeah. That's it. Alright, so there you go, guys. If you've never seen it, or if you have seen it, maybe go watch it again. You'll be pleasantly surprised by how well it holds up. Yeah. Um, until then, make sure you follow us on TikTok at does it hold up underscore between each word. And then over on Twitter, we're at Does It Hold Up 13. We also have a YouTube channel. Just search for Does It Hold Up. You'll find us there. Just come check us out everywhere. We put up little short fun facts about all different kinds of movies and other things. Um, hope to see you over there. We love getting suggestions about movies or if you know anything about the behind the scenes of one of the movies we talk about. You want to give us a fun fact or you want to tell us if you think a movie holds up. Come tell us. We'd love to hear it. In the meantime, guys, keep watching movies. Bye.